0: the biggest stories from the pages of the london free press and lfpress.com this is the london free press podcast with your host rachel gilbert Welcome to the London Free Press Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. Well, London is gone bonds feel crazy lately as the Tim Hortons briar is being held right here. And this week, I'm talking with London Free Press sports reporter, Ryan Pyatt, of course, about what the tournament is doing for London and if Brad Gushu's Team Canada rink will win it all again. Hi, Ryan. How are you?
1: I'm good, Rachel. Is this where I insert the hurry hard joke?
0: Hurry hard. Yeah, exactly. You can... I should have put that in the intro somewhere. That would have been good. Um, So I know you've been busy at uh, Budweiser Gardens all week long. You've been there monitoring all of these games and reporting on all of this stuff. Um, I know there's a lot of hardcore curlers in the area, but a lot of people who aren't so hardcore get into it too, especially when the Briar's in town. Um, So for those who don't know, just generally, can you explain how the tournament works? How is it laid out and what we're looking forward to uh, for Sunday?
1: Yeah, so the Budweiser Gardens, the uh, the arena surface gets transformed into four different sheets of ice. And so there's four games going on, like through the round robin, there's four games going on at the same time. So it's kind of like, a, I guess you'd say a, for, for curling enthusiasts, it's a buffet of the, for the eyes and senses, right? You're looking around, oh, you know, Northern Ontario and Manitoba are playing. Oh, oh, look, there's Gushu making a great shot. So... You know, you know, it's I I always think curling's like like golf is like an ultimate TV sport. Like it's awesome to watch on TV, and uh, you know, obviously Vic uh Russ Howard, Kathy Goche do a, an amazing job. I should mention Brian Mudrick, too, um, the w- w- with the telecast, it's so fun to watch. But the, you know, there's nothing like if you've never gone to uh, I wrote about it earlier in the week. The first time I ever went to the Briar, I was like 14 years old, up in the up north in the Sioux and. You know, I saw Ed the Wrench Werneck and and the local hero Al Harnden, who's, you know, uh, his his nephews are all here playing here still, um, you know, on different teams here, in Manitoba and uh, and Team Canada, and uh, you know, like it, it was really quite an experience. And and you know, if anything happens when a Briar comes to your city, if you can get some kids, you know, you will have the diehard people that love the sport. But if you can get some kids in the building and they really have this week. And and you watch it and they say, hey, I'd like to do that. You know, that's uh, that's something that that, that'd be a real win for for the clubs in town here. You know, uh, London, Highland, St. Thomas and Ilderton. You know, I know they were offering
0: they were offering uh, students to come like some of the Thames Valley schools, maybe the Catholic board, too. They were bringing they were bringing some kids in, which is really cool. Oh, yeah. And
1: you, you should have seen they come for the morning. And the atmosphere, like, really, it's usually pretty quiet in the morning. You know, there's not a ton of people. Uh, like, on a Tuesday morning, people are working or shopping or doing something. Yeah. You know, um, but when the kid's in there, really, it really created an atmosphere. And I know some of the players are, like, you know, we a couple of years ago, we played in a bubble in Calgary with, like, cutout fans. Like, you know, there was nobody <laughs> in the building except Reed Crothers' dog, I guess, was there. But they they – you know, they said this is it's awesome to hear the kids. Uh, you know that hasn't worn late like, like Lethbridge was a little bit back to normal last year, and now London, you, you know, there's there's not to worry about uh, COVID restrictions kind of That's thing. That's right.
0: So they, the love, kids they love bring the energy. The yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So we finished the round robin, and then what are we looking forward to on the weekend? What's going to happen now?
1: Well, it, I, I I think you, if you're looking for a high caliber play, you got it because. All, all the big names, all the favorites, they're they're still around, and uh, they, they they got out of the gate early. You know, a couple teams, Brad Gushu, they had a little bit of struggles, but they still piled up wins. And you know, that's look at their teams, right? These, these teams are like super teams now, and all star teams, and they they have very little. Um, you know, there's very little deficiencies in any of their games, and you know, I think we're gonna see. An amazing weekend of curling, just like 12 years ago when it was here. Uh, Jeff Stoughton and Glenn Howard; those were awesome teams too in the finals. And uh, whoever is in the finals of these, you know, the remaining five six teams, that it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be awesome, and it, it'll be like a one that people will remember for a long time.
0: So Brad Gushu, uh who's from Newfoundland and Labrador, they he's playing Team Canada right now. Uh, they won last year because they won last year. Who do you think's the favorite to win this year? Do you think he's going to do it again? I know Manitoba's doing very well. What about our own Ontario team?
1: Yeah, well, Manitoba won it here last time. So, you know, that, that would be cool to see him in the finals again. You know, Gushu's, Gushu and Kevin Cooey uh, from Alberta are unbelievable players. They, they're trying to – I guess you could kind of say they're like the Tom Brady's of skipping – skipping curling skips they they want each one four so if one of them that'd be an amazing final too um, they they each trying to win that fifth uh as a skip which no one's ever done mm. obviously everybody knows them uh you know there there's uh brendan botcher won it two two years ago in in calgary he's got a new team a real beefed up team uh he's going to be hard to beat and, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's a couple teams here that, you know, I, I'd say it's a coin flip almost all the time there when you get to the semifinals and the finals on who's going to come out on top. And that, that makes it exciting. And, you know, I talked to the organizers and they say they expect a night, like if you go into a London Knights game, they expect that kind of atmosphere Sunday night for the final where oh, that you're going to have fun. eight, 9,000 people in the
0: building. Yeah, I bet. Um, so let's break down the teams a little bit because each province has their own team there's a team Canada, and then there's three wildcard teams. How do you get to be a wildcard team, and, and how do they split all that up?
1: Yeah, so uh, just like golf or tennis, uh, curling has a, a well-established um, tour. And, and, you know, they have uh, bond spiels and event cash events all over the place. And uh, they, they get ranking each, you know, the size of the event and all that. You get a certain amount of ranking points. So the teams go around. And uh, you know, obviously uh Matt Dunstone's Manitoba team had the most points. They're the number one seed here, but they won Manitoba. So for all the for all the uh teams that didn't win their province and and or their territory, there's three spots available uh of wild card. This year there's three wild cards to make it an eighteen team field. And the wild cards are basically just the one, two, and three teams on the, in the, in the Canadian ranking uh, team system, point system. And uh, they're, they're, they get those uh, berths now. So Dunstone was first, so he's already in it. So then they just go down the list, right? And uh, that's, that's how, and obviously, um, you know, a place like Alberta, there's three teams here from Alberta. Uh, and so two wild cards, uh, you, you know, so this, this is a great, They they are calling it one of the best fields ever for that reason. Like if they didn't have these wild cards, then Brendan Botcher, like who we said won two years ago, wouldn't be here. Karsten Sturmay wouldn't get a chance at his first. Uh, you know he's been he's he he's been second or third in Alberta for for uh, many years now, uh, half a dozen years. But he keeps running into Kevin Cooley and Brendan Botcher's team. So right. you know he got to come here for the first time, which is amazing. Obviously Reed Cruthers was on Jeff Stoughton's team when they won in two thousand eleven. He was the second wild card. And you know, yeah, Butcher's the first wild card. He lost to Kevin Koo in in the Alberta playdown final. So yeah, uh, that, yeah, you get the wild cards. I I like it. it evens up the evens up the pools. So you got nine in each pool. But yeah, it makes for a lot of games. There, there's a lot of a lot of you, they play them at um, you know after the opening weekend. Uh, they play uh, during the week. They play a 9 a.m. draw, a 2 p.m. draw, and a 7 p.m. draw. So there's uh, there's a lot of curling and obviously four games per you know per uh, draw Each time so, slot yeah uh, we're seeing a lot of curling here
0: yeah for sure uh, I know that there is a, a man uh, Jake Higgs from Strathroy which is kind of cool for us local people who are going to see him play but he's not playing for Ontario he's actually playing for Nunavut is that right and how does that work why is he with them
1: <laughs> yeah that's Jake Higgs um, a, a math teacher at Arthur Bowden uh, where I went to school for a couple of years and uh, a, 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 amazing story. Uh, yeah, such a nice man. And, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's obviously here, uh, in Ontario, he curls here at Elderton, uh, the curling club and, you know, plays in a league, uh, just men's league. And, uh, but he's, he's been on the scene for a long time. He's played, he's pl- played at Canadian mixed championships and, uh, you know, a couple of years, a couple years ago, that when the rest he you can have an import player that came into you know where you can bring in imports and he's the import and the skip for his team but he has people on his team that have are either live in a Iqaluit up in Nunavut or um you know in in his second Brady St. Louis is from St. Mary's and uh like but originally lived the first nine years of his life in a Iqaluit so uh, when his parents when his parents uh, moved there for for 20 years so he's considered a you know, like a, a home player, and so and so Jake, you know, has been. He went to the 2020 Briar this way and lost all the games that he played, and uh, you know, said, hey, this is a way I can get into the Briar. I'd love to do it again. And you know, when this one he he uh, he didn't make it a couple times. Uh, there's only three teams up up there that play in the playdown, so you got like a 33% chance of going. And uh, this time he won by a measurement. And uh, got to come here. And then, you know, so obviously uh you know, before if you are from Nunavut, you'd have to play with like Yukon or Yukon or, or Northwest Territories because the territories were kind of together. But right. now that they have their own teams, he you know, he came here and Nunavut had been 0 and 38 uh oh, wow. at, at the at previous Briars, and he won the first game. He beat Newfoundland. And uh, you know, with obviously it's a home briar for him, and there was a lot of people excited and it was it was really nice to see um you know he raised his broom after after he won and uh it's it's been one of the enduring moments and i remember talking to uh, peter inch just recently who's organized this and he said that win will stay with me the rest of my life so i thought that was a a touching moment
0: it's kind of cool for the rest of the Nineveh team because i mean they're coming this far they wouldn't normally have fans in the stands you don't really think (laughs) or that many but they probably have lots because of jake yeah yeah right? no,
1: I know if I was you know from talking to Jake's got a million great stories, but one he told um uh, before this all started was that when he went up there like a case of water like that you get you know at the grocery store for 2 ninety nine it's thirty dollars up in oh, it so he yeah. says meat's around the same price but he says the way you get around that he goes, you know a case of beer a twenty four pack of beer here is is fifty dollars and then they said up there it's about seventy dollars. So he says, you drink the beer because it's got water in it anyway.
0: Right. <laughs> you save some money. <laughs> not not while he's playing. Well, maybe sometimes, no, but no, not right I, now. <laughs> no, that's after, yeah. No, Afterwards. you know what, the The
1: patch is, Rachel, the patch is a big part of it. Obviously, it's at the convention center uh, this year. And, um, you know, the, the, the people, the, the, one of the things the organizers have done really well is they drive, they have shuttle services and they, you know, obviously it's, it's you know, I, we can walk it from the rink to the convention center. But, yeah. you know, when the, when it snows like it did last it's been week, cold. you know, like, you know, yeah, and it's cold. So, yeah. they you know, they've been shuttling everybody back and forth. So nobody's driving and drinking and all that. And it's been a lot of fun and they've had bands and, you know, obviously the patch, yeah. But, you know, some teams come here and they enjoy the patch, you know, if they know they're not going to win and all that. But I remember talking to Mark Nichols, who spread shoes third, and he said, no, we don't go to the patch because it's wasted energy. Like you know, I'm sure at one point they did, but they're here to win the tournament, win the prize money, get to the Olympics, right? Sure.
0: Um, let's talk about some of the volunteers because I know there are volunteers driving, uh, like you said, but other volunteers just helping out with the tournament. Um, talk. Have you met some of them? Have you talked to any of any of the people helping out?
1: Oh yeah, I think you know both you and I. We've been in London a long time, so you you start to see the familiar faces, right? Uh, And you yeah. know it's it's funny you, you you see people that there are people that are just you see i've seen them at the curling ranks over the years uh at they're part of the cl- curling clubs they're volunteering of course and then you've got people that just like volunteering sport you know if i've seen them from the canada games up to the memorial cups and they're volunteering at the you know one thing i'll always say about london is you, you know when you when you make a call out for volunteers you don't have to import them or beg them or whatever no. it's like it's almost like it's a huge honor and it fills up pretty quickly it's like oh yeah. i don't get to volunteer because i didn't get my name in in time or something right. like it's a, it's it's incre- it's one of the I, i've lived you know i moved around uh, canada a bit and it's um there's a few pockets like that but it's crazy uh, london london really steps up for these events
0: yeah. And talk about any of the economic, um, spinoffs, because I mean, obviously it's great to host these events, um, just to have them and to go see them, but it's really good for the city too.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously when I come downtown, uh, I I'll go to the market or, uh, I'll go to one of the places downtown. There's a million of them, uh, and get something to eat or something for a night's game or, or whenever I'm down there covering something, Yeah, Uh, I've I've never seen it uh, in a long time. Trying to think of Memorial Cups, but this place, like in between draws, the the market is just jammed with people. I you know you're lining up, and it's really great to see. And uh, you know I, I think someone was telling me you know, uh, one of the vendors was saying, uh, can we have something like this every week? Yeah, really? <laughs> it's like, well, it it once them. every 12 years or whatever, but of course, right? So, you know, but, uh, the, you know, but you know the way curling's like, like we talked about earlier, the way it's laid out is like, you, you know, if you really love it, you're going to be there all day or for two draws. You got to you gotta get something to eat. And You know, it's nice to eat. Bud Gardens has pretty good arena food, but, you know, every once in a while, you like- Nice to, to go to a restaurant between-
0: yeah. Between draws, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Sunday is the, is the final. And then we're looking uh, towards the international curling championship. So when, and where is that?
1: Yeah. So the world's is in Ottawa this year and uh, you got me on the dates. It's about a month later. Uh, okay. Yeah.
0: You know,
1: but it's, it's, it's nice that it's in Canada again, you know, so this cool. is a big, obviously a stepping stone and it's a, it's a good, uh, Good opportunity to win right everything's at home most of these guys would have curled, curled in Ottawa before so mm-hmm. you know it sets them up nice uh you know you don't have to travel to the other ends of the world and kind of figure out the ice and all that you gotta you got every uh home home ice advantage kind of thing here so you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see whoever wins this prior go on and become the world champion
0: That would be awesome. And we could start right here in London. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Ryan. We're definitely going to watch your reporting all the way through Sunday on this. And uh, we'll find out who goes to the world very soon. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Rachel. Hurry hard. Hurry
0: hard. (laughs)